te amo Now masa no good me fa away We'll see. We'll try our best. Yep. Try our best. We are my gosh, oh, it was like I couldn't even sleep last night. When I got home, I got home like 11, and I was just like, man, I was like kind of wired. I just wow. couldn't believe it. I was just like rattled. I, I was lucky. I saw it at 3 p.m., so mm. by the time I was going to bed, I was like over it enough to get sleep. Although I had an insane dream that I was like driving bugs around. I was like driving all these small. I'd like I was driving a truck, and I had just thousands of insects in my car. It was like the most. Maybe that's like dreaming uh, when you've just watched Avatar. You want to become more with na- one with nature? I don't know. It was weird. I know. I wanted to go for a swim. I, I The way of water. I keep thinking it's the way of the water, but it's way of water. Oh, way of water. Yeah, I keep thinking the it's way, way of, of water. the water. The way, it's the way of water. There's no yeah. the. Okay, good to know. Yeah. Nor two. <laughs> nor nor yeah, the number two. No, no. Yeah, no, we're not figuring out, you know, how to get there. We're already there, baby. We're already there, baby. Hello, and welcome to the award-winning podcast, The Academy Academy, the show that discovers the absolute, undeniable, and scientifically, and more very important for this episode, proven greatest performance in your favorite actor's esteemed career. I'm Don Saunderson. Oh, man, I'm Patrick, and I just, I found this, like, really cool, um, it, was, it was on sale at Trader Joe's. There's this mystical... It was like it's like glowing gold goo, and mm-hmm. apparently it like elongates your life. I don't think there's any repercussions or anything. It seems like good. The goo it's, seems fine. I'm it's gonna... um, it's sourced from ethical, in an ethical way. I think so. It's, you know, it was made in I Australia. So. I, I trust yeah. the Australians. They seem uh, <laughs> historically they seem all right. Why not? <laughs> welcome to the academy, and welcome back to pandora it's a christmas miracle we're not covering a christmas movie this year we're covering the greatest christmas gift we could have received that's right james cameron's avatar the way of water if you have not seen it yet get out of here get out of here now leave get out. go go see leave. the movie go, idiot go see it go, go see it <laughs> You're gonna plug your 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 head your head tail into the nearest ecran and yeah. make your way to the movie theater. Yeah, make make your way to the movies because uh, the movies are back. And oh, the like, movies are. That's this is like it's okay. It's, like it's Tom so Cruise good. got us started, and Jim Cameron finished the job. <laughs> like, it's it's so crazy how like in. In 2021, good movie, a lot of great movies. I looked at my top 10 mm-hmm. of 2021, and I liked every one of those good movies. Good movies, yeah. I still like, like all those movies. Yeah, but 2022, like, Jesus. It, it might be, like, one of the best years for movies ever. Well, I mean, if you look at both sides, you get blockbusters like Top Gun, Maverick, Avatar, Way of Water, uh, even a film like Nope. Excellent large-scale movies. But also, how about three Hong Sang Su's? <laughs> how about two Claire Denis? Like on the art film side, we got David Cronenberg was back. It's nuts. Darren David Cronenberg is back. Darren Aronofsky is back. Damien Chazelle's gonna be here soon. I've heard uh, I've heard pretty good things about that movie for the most part. It, but but I, it's like this last gasp of true indulgence if this is the end and i'm here for it 
even my great friend Alejandro Gonzalez in Aritu's film Bardo, which dropped on Netflix today, Ooh. which is apparently two hours and 40 minutes of him being upset he moved to Los Angeles. <laughs> but, oh, am I... Am I thrilled? Do I want to see it? Yes. I want to see this guy get cranky about having to drive to Glendale or some bullshit. I love it. He, I got. He was on the DGA podcast and trying to explain the movie to a, a fellow director on there, mm. and the fellow director was being very, very kind. But everything Inaritu was saying was just like, "What are you like?" It was awesome. God bless him. I think every director should be a bullshit artist. Yes, I think that like if they if they're not they're not very good. I don't think. <laughs> I, I mean, I think part of it too is like if you're like at a certain level, I think you get to live in your little bubble a little bit because it's like fun to see what you make in your weird fucking bubble. It, well, and we've got the ultimate Mister Bubble God, on today's yeah. show. He is <laughs> like yeah the the he his bubble is uh, planet. Yeah. Yeah, and so of course, we're talking about James Cameron. If you've not listened to our James Cameron series, that was one of my favorite things that we have done on the pod. And uh, go back, check it out. Catch it's up. It's really good. Yeah. Catch we're up like... with the big man. Mm-hmm. It was kind of a, I think, a breakthrough series for us. Like it was that... a little bit better. <laughs> yeah, I think like the first, the Meryl Streep bracket, kind of a dry run. You know, it was kind of a test a little bit good. in some ways. It was good. It was winning good. moments. You could listen to it. It's not bad. But uh, that, I think everything kind of coalesced <laughs> with Cameron. That was yeah. like the moment things really like, because that and, guy is so fascinating and weird. And, and, and absolutely amazing. And, you know, so we, we left off with him on Avatar in 2008. Oh my God! Like Obama was. The question I think would be where is yet? Well, it was it oh eight. It was oh eight or oh nine. But um, we'll we'll get to it. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. But regardless of the fact, it's (laughs) it has been a long time since he is uh, almost. If I believe, if you go back to our episode, us joking, if this would ever happen, all things considered, and um. But the thing about James Cameron is that what makes him so extraordinary in my eyes is that he is just a um like a pure artist. I mean like yeah. of the of the highest order and he's not going to he's you're he's not you're not going to be able to force him to do anything. And he's going to take his time and Everyone, I mean, okay, so Avatar came out December 18th, 2009, still mm-hmm. massively long time ago. And I did read in an interview the other day that James Cameron says, said, you know, I'm getting a little bit older. I probably only have about six movies left in me. Uh, <laughs> he's taking 13 guy. years between movies. Like, uh, all right, man. Like, he's almost 70. He's going to live to be 150. Yeah. He's going to make Clint Eastwood look like a loser, like a lazy loser. Oh, man, please. Okay. God, if you're real, if there is religion, uh, mighty earth tree, uh, (laughs) please make. I want James Cameron to direct a version of The Mule where he plays like he plays a version of. I want James Cameron to do everything Clint Eastwood does in The Mule. (laughs) But he's so basically. Since 2009, though. Oh, and it should be noted, Avatar was the highest grossing movie of all time. 
until mm-hmm. the Avengers Endgame. And then mm-hmm. our man Jim decided to re-release during the pandemic, re-released Avatar in China to overtake Avengers again. Good, good, keep, <laughs> good. Keep good. that shit in the grave, motherfucker. Yeah, we know, <laughs> yeah. we know his number one box. We know box office Jim is our number one man. So, I love box office Jim. <laughs> it's been a long time. It's been a long time. So what mm-hmm. has he been? What has he been up to? In <laughs> what is it? Thirteen years. Mm-hmm. Well. He served uh, as an executive producer on a film called Sanctum. Do you remember Sanctum? It was a cave diving movie. It's, you know what? I only remember that movie because I think it stars Paul Bettany. Is that correct? Or is, or is it the guy from Hornblower? I'm going to look that up. Um, Richard Roxborough is the lead. Oh, my gosh. Richard Roxborough. Uh, I, I, have, I never saw this movie. Um, mm-hmm. Might never. Who knows? He also it looks produ- Cameron-esque. He also produced Robert Rodriguez's film Alita Battle Angel in 2019, cool. that rules. Uh, which he co-wrote as well, I believe, and um, never saw it. But I, all day today, I've honestly been thinking, guess what I want to see? I want to see this one. <laughs> it's it's you know what? I've seen it. It is. It's good. It's like an interesting, weird. Um, it's a weird, cool movie. I've read the manga, too, and the manga is really mm-hmm. good. But like, I think like. It takes like the best parts of the manga and uh, make, and it also has like perfect. Like Christoph Waltz is like perfect in that movie. Rosa Salazar is really mm-hmm. good as Alita, the titular Alita. Yeah, it's a good one. It's a treat, yeah. I think. And take it out. Uh, he um, produced a series called "The Story of Science Fiction," a six-episode doc, which included interviews with people like Christopher Nolan, George Lucas, Steven Spielberg, and naturally Ridley Scott. To bring it all back home. Uh, In 2017, he was in a documentary entitled Atlantis Rising, where uh, he just he went underwater to go look for Atlantis. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Yeah, he (laughs) rocks, dude. He rules. He's the the best. In 2019, he returned to the Terminator franchise as producer and writer for Terminator Dark Fate, which Mm. I did not see. I haven't seen it yet. Uh, I know it's um the guy who directed Deadpool, which kind of mm-hmm. like uh, scares me a little bit. But like, uh, you know, it could be good. I, and Linda Hamilton is in it, which makes it like uh, more of an okay. Linda Hamilton, Arnold. Yeah, I, and I, ha- I have a we have a friend who's a big fan of it. So it's always been kind of tempting. But again, didn't see it. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> he and one of the, one of the more interesting. So he's got a couple. Um, Bought the rights to a book called The Informationalist or Informationist Thriller set in Africa, and he bought the rights to a book called Last Train from Hiroshima about the survivors of the atomic bombings of Hiroshima in Nagasaki. Uh, but nothing has really come of those yet, and probably for a reason. He's been a bit busy with other things. We'll talk yeah, about that in a minute. We'll talk about like, those other things in a moment. Uh, the, the Hiroshima movie has the potential to be the saddest movie ever made. Like, yeah, yeah, it's, like, it's think... an interesting, interesting choice for for a man. Uh, it, one of the uh, another interesting thing he did, um, he uh, he has begun getting into the business of agribusiness and sustainability and so forth even further. He bought a huge vineyard and winery in British Columbia, 
but he sold that in 2020. He announced a business venture with Peter Jackson to produce plant-based meat, cheese, and dairy products in New Zealand. Wow. Uh, he suggested that we need a nice transition to a meatless or relatively meatless world in 20 or 30 years. You know what? Good for him. Good for him. In 2012, Good. he purchased a 2,500-acre piece of land in remote New Zealand. Subsequent purchases has have – so he's got like 10,000 acres. Jesus Christ. Oh On the God. land, he grows organic fruit, nuts, and vegetables. And in nearby, in nearby, he and his family run a cafe and a country store called Forest Food Organics, selling the produce from their land. It kind of reminds me a bit of Lance Hendrickson's place in Pumpkinhead. Oh, <laughs> yeah, he lives in Pumpkin World. <laughs> it, it is and, like um, yeah. He has since, since the time of Avatar. Oh, it should be noted he um, he applied for. He is a Canadian. He applied for American citizenship in two thousand four, but re- withdrew his application after W. Bush re- got reelected. <laughs> such a fucking James Cameron. That's such a like. Yeah. That's great. I love it. I love it. So after it. he bought his home. In New Zealand, he divided his time between Malibu and New Zealand until 2020, in which he sold his place in Malibu and decided to live on his, like, 10,000 acres in New Zealand permanently. He said in August of 2020, I plan to make all my future films in New Zealand, and I see the country having an opportunity to demonstrate to the international film industry how to safely return to work. Uh, Avatar was, like, the first movie back. Wow. Avatar 2 was like the first movie back during COVID. And uh, noteworthy, um, Ty West filmed X and Pearl in New Zealand. And because the Avatar crew was there, he was able to score a bunch of Avatar people to come and work on X and Pearl in their office. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Very cool. It's a good. Yeah. (laughs) Very cool. Uh, but um, he's just – he's fallen in love with the lands of New Zealand. It's interesting. That is like – there are a lot of like very, very wealthy people that have like moved to New Zealand and have like bought a lot of land. It's, it's a beautiful place. Oh, for sure. Uh, I, and I, I'll say this. I've, I've never been. New Zealand. Oh, I've, I've, you... I, I, and I would say it's like – it's really fucking gorgeous. Like yeah, I remember like I was in a taxi with someone – and the guy with the taxi cab driver was like, I think he was from Spain. And he was like, yeah, I like came here on vacation like 10 years ago. And then I never left. Like I just became a taxi driver and I just live here. and <laughs> Love it. It's like, it's like, an, it's nice. like, very, it's very idyllic, but uh, idyllic, but uh, I can see, um, you know, Cameron could be like the good. He's like, the, I could see him being the Jake Sully fighting all the shitty Peter Teals. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that are trying to overrun Indeed. that country. So, hell yeah, it's good to have Indeed. a good person there. <laughs> and um, some of the more, exci- even more exciting, in 2011, he became a National Geographic Explorer in Residence. His role <laughs> on in a March of uh, 2012 exploration, he dived five miles deep to the bottom of the New Britain Trench with the Deep Sea Challenger. 19 days later, 
Cameron reached the Challenger Deep, the deepest part of the Mariana Trench. He spent more than three hours exploring the ocean floor, becoming the first to accomplish this trip alone. (laughs) During his dive, he discovered a new species of sea cucumber, squid worm, and a giant single-celled amoeba. What is... No one... Wow. He's like the, the last, you know... You have, like, I feel like in, maybe it's because I'm listening to a lot of Trapo lately, like, they talk about, like, the differences between, like, the billionaires of now and mm-hmm. the industrialist billionaires of, like, the past. James Cameron is, like, I guess, like, not only is he, like, comparable to, like, one of those, like, you know, Graham Bell type dudes or Rockefellers, he, like, surpasses them. He's, like, he actually, like, discovers things and, like, it's nuts. He's like he's, he's living like he's, he's leading an existence that the kind of you should not dream of living the existence of most of these billionaires because most of them hate them. So that's the difference. That actually is the difference because uh, from Trump and Musk on down, they all hate themselves and the world around them. Yes, they are. James like- Cameron thinks he is an awesome dude. He's got a healthy ego. But he also loves the world around him completely. Well, here's the thing. If you love yourself, you can love the world. And if you hate yourself, you have to try to get love from the world that you hate, which Mm -hmm. leads to shit like, you know, Trump and his insane NFTs or like, yeah, or like uh, Elon Musk fucking debasing himself to just the most insipid motherfuckers with his like pickle Rick bullshit. Mm -hmm. Like it is like so many of these people just want to like be friends with the writers on the at the onion. That is like, yeah. it's just like, and James Cameron has no time for that shit. And that's what makes him like, so like good compared to everyone no else. Need, no need for it. He's got more, more worlds to explore or completely create. <laughs> like, yeah. He doesn't need to be like popular. He doesn't need the feeling of being popular because he knows he's popular and he is popular. <laughs> yeah. And he know he has the answers. He knows them, but it's also because he's done the work for them. Like he understands work. He understands the value of like a job well done when you're able to do it with what you're passionate about. So speaking of his original passion, filmmaking. Mm -hmm. Uh, In 2006, Cameron stated that if Avatar was successful, he hoped to make two more sequels. Uh, In 2010, he said the film's massive success pretty much allowed him to do so. The sequels were originally scheduled for release December 24th, December 2014, and 2015. Well, <laughs> he planned to shoot them back to back and um, to completely widen the universe. And he was going to mm-hmm. use, he was going to f- capture footage for the sequel from the bottom of the Mariana Trench. <laughs> to use in the film. This insane um, person, I love it. It's so cool. Yeah, and he, he in 2013 he announced they'd be filmed in New Zealand. Performance capture take place in 2014. Agreement was made with New Zealand. It was planned. Um, back to 2012, he said he was like maybe a third sequel, maybe a fourth. Who knows? <laughs> um, <laughs> maybe it, it it continued. Until finally, April 2016, he um, announced there will be four sequels. 
all of which would be filmed simultaneously. That also did not happen. Um, but his big thing was is that he he wanted to take his time with the writing, and he kind of put together a writer's room type thing for this, including Josh Friedman, Rick Jaffa, Amanda Silver, and Shane Salerno. And if you notice in Avatar Way of Water, all of them are get a story by credit. And he spent a year writing, completing the full script. Man. And building it out. Um, and by 2017, he announced the writing of all four was complete. Well, man, what you think about, too, like that writer's room, like, um, I know off the top of my head, Shane, he wrote Armageddon. Mm-hmm. Uh, Friedman wrote War of the Worlds. Um among some other things. I think he also did. Did Friedman also help with the original Avatar? I can't remember off the top of my head. But, uh, like, that's a great. That's such a great. Like, he, it seems like he got, like, the perfect group of people to write, like, mm-hmm. a sci fi disaster epic. And it. Yeah. yeah. And passionate people, because who else were going to know take the time? But it really goes to show it. <laughs> these things don't just show up. In thin air, out of thin air. You can't just set a release date and hope for the best. Mm-hmm. Like, you need to truly make them special and extraordinary. They do require time. Yeah. Oh, like, also, um, the I remember the, the Rick Jaffa and Amanda Silver. They did all the mm-hmm. Apes movies. Mm-hmm. So that's like a good, yeah, but yeah. it's like, it takes time. You're right. It, you can't just, like, do the Bob Chapek bullshit of, like, squirting out as many half-flaccid films as possible to, like, you know, get as much, you know, uh, green. It, it, doesn't, yeah. it doesn't work for art. <laughs> it it doesn't. And, I mean, you hear interviews with people like Stanley Kubrick or Paul Thomas Anderson. They're like, of course I would love to make more movies. You just can't. Just because it just takes time. Yeah. If you just, like, we're not all... I mean, obviously, there are differing variations of that. I mean, we've praised to the heavens Hong Sang Su on this mm-hmm. show, but Hong is working in a different. <laughs> Hong is in the Hongiverse. Yeah, like... he's yeah, he's in a his world is not one of like you know writers' rooms and uh, giant blue aliens. His yeah, his his his, his his is Soju and male filmmakers with. We're definitely insecure. Yeah. <laughs> or like uh, female writers that are definitely insecure. Like, yeah, a lot of insecurity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> lot yeah, of insecurity. and just kind of, and playfulness, different kind of playfulness. But I'm sure um, JC would probably say Hong was kind of boring, but he admired his work ethic nonetheless. <laughs> yeah, he would, he would if, <laughs> if he's Hong, aware of him at all. <laughs> if, if Hong Sang Su's uh, grandpa got captured by an evil terrorist organization, JC would lend him 500 grand, I imagine, mm-hmm. and become best saw, friends with him. The first review I saw of Avatar 2 was on uh, Guillermo's Twitter feed, and he was like, it's a moving masterpiece. It's like, you damn, you're goddamn right, Guillermo. I love, I love the <laughs> Guillermo and JC are friends. That's like such a great pairing. Those like two. Yeah. yeah that's a good. You, like, you want to like go hang out and buy comic books with them, like, oh, or God, just see yeah. what's going on. Yep. See what the, the latest image trades are. They finally got done with the um, the writing and began shooting Avatar two and three simultaneously. 
on Sick. August 15th, 2017. Most of the photography took place in, as the main studio location in Manhattan Beach, California, in a giant stage. I cannot wait for the Blu-ray to see some of this behind the scenes yes. stuff. And then um, they ended up back in New Zealand for the exterior and non-motion capture footage. The cast, great majority of the cast from the first Avatar is back. That's right, Sam Worthington, Zoe Saldana, Sigourney Weaver, Stephen Lang, Joel David Ooh. Moore, CCH Pounder, Matt Gerald, and new cast members. Um, an actor I consider god tier, Cliff Curtis, is in the mix. <laughs> He's so um, good. He's so good every time out. He's and, great in this movie too. Keep going. Um, Kate Winslet is in the movie. In uh, her return to the world of James Cameron after her terrible experience on Titanic. <laughs> um, Came uh, back. And then not only did she return, she fucking like held her breath for yeah. seven minutes. It's crazy. In fact, like, and it, it, in a very James Cameron type move of breaking a world record for holding your breath. <laughs> So insane. <laughs> uh, Edie Falco uh, from The Sopranos is in the movie. And um, one of the funniest almost castings I saw, apparently um, Edward Norton was offered a role. Oh, man. But uh, he turned it down. He was going to play a sky person, and he was only interested in playing a Navi. Oh, God. Only... I want to see the world where he's in it. You know, the thing about it is, I see his point. Of course you want to be a Navi. You don't want to be yeah. one of the jerks. You want I to be a human, like, yeah. human jerk. <laughs> I bet there's like a 10% chance he was probably going to be the fucking Australian guy. Like then that. Yeah, or the Edie Falco role. Mm. Something like oh. that. Man, um, there's something about Edie Falco doing it. She's like, she's perfect for it. There's something about it. Like, I don't know. There's something like matter of fact a better performance that i really appreciate that i don't know edward norton could like i don't think edward norton is that shalant, like nonchalant yeah yeah <laughs> um they shot the live action portions all the way through into mm -hmm. 2019 they got shut down due to covid 19 but game Got back in the game. Uh, by September 2020, live action filming in New Zealand had been completed. At the simultaneous, he said that um, in for both two and three, they went through the heavy special effects stage. Um, Cameron tried to develop a glasses-free 3D technology. That's, uh, that's insane, uh, man. Technology wasn't technology wasn't there yet, but one could dream. That's the that's the thing, man. You got a dream. Um, yeah. Filming finally, actually, they announced it was fully done, November twenty third, twenty twenty two. Nary a few weeks ago. <laughs> um, that's crazy. It is like yeah. He, he no one is like him. No, um, the crew on this film. We should mention um, joining as cinematographer is Russell Carpenter, who mm -hmm. uh, shot um, True Lies and Titanic. Uh, our Ashtarita Karmath was the art director on all four. Mm -hmm. um, Kirk 
Crank, Kurt Crack, founder of Performance Freediving International, was the freediving trainer for every member <laughs> of the crew. Um, unfortunately, of course, James Horner, composer, longtime JC collaborator, passed away mm-hmm. in June of 2015 in a plane crash. So Simon Franklin, who um, was, you know, kind of the same universe, like how Hans Zimmer has a team of dudes. Yeah, he has like James Benjamin Horner also. Yeah, James Horner also did, and this is one of James Horner's guys. One of his guys. That's cool, because <laughs> like, that's like, I haven't heard that name before, like Frank Simon mm-hmm. Franklin. So like, it's I feel like this might be one of his first uh, big movies. That's like really cool, where he's like the head, Yeah, the head and... Doctor. They and the score is um, pulse pounding and thrilling, and I listened to it alone today while at work, and mm. I enjoyed it. Uh, it should also it's... be noted that um, Pop Superstar of the Weekend contributed an original song, "Nothing Is Lost." You give me strength, which might be closing this episode for all I know. <laughs> oh it, no, it will be. It is. It's crazy how. He's just fucking done it again. Like, even that song was really good. Like, like it, yeah, it was, and it yeah. was like it's perfectly cheesy, but perfectly appropriate. It is like your twenty first century Celine Dion is is uh, the mm-hmm. weekend twenty first century Celine Dion. He might be. So, in terms of the story of Avatar: Way of the Water, mm-hmm. um, we're gonna bounce around a bit. There will be some spoilers, but we'll try and not like do a typical like play by play type thing i think here yeah just because um people need to people need to experience this thing but in essence the basic plot line is that jake's jake's week takes place a decade after the events of the first film jake sully is the chief of the oma takaya and he has raised a family with natiri including his sons neti um netayam was that it Benjamin Netanyahu. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Loke, Tuck, Loke. and his ado- his adoptive daughter, Kiri, yes. who was born from Grace Augustine, who is Sigourney Weaver in the first film's inert tonight, uh, Navi Avatar. That's like the first moment in the movie where I'm like, okay, we're going places. Yeah. I'm, I'm on board, baby. This is... And, I, I like what you're smoking, James. A human jungle boy by the name of Spider, who is the son of Colonel Miles Cartridge, the antagonist of the first one, who was born on Pandora, but left behind because infants cannot take the journey back to Earth. Um, Things are okay for a bit. They have a good time. They learn how to go fishing. But then the sky people return to colonize Massive destruction, new operating bases built, and Jake is now leading a counterinsurgency guerrilla campaign against the humans. The also of note on the side of the humans is Colonel Quartridge himself. He's back. Yes, he died in the first one, but he has been turned into an avatar that basically he's been cloned as a Navi with that has had his, all of his memories to just prior to his death uploaded 
So he is and isn't Cortridge. Does this sound cool? Because it is. It's <laughs> so fucking crazy. It is like truly, it's insane. And it's, mm-hmm. uh, should I talk about my film initial film going experience? Too? We'll, ta- we'll talk We'll talk about it in just a moment here. Yeah, we'll let's keep going. Let's keep theatrical going. Theatrical experience. So they realize that they, the Cortridge and the humans are 100% not only targeting Navi, but in particular, they are targeting and after Jake. They want revenge. They're after him. So Jake realizes that it's no longer safe for him and his family to be around with his with his tribe. So that they take off and they head elsewhere, and they meet up to retreat to the Metakaina clan on Pandora's eastern seaboard. The, so they were tree people. These are sea people. Yes. So this is where the way of the water shit starts coming into play. Yeah, and, and it's like, we're it's, like, what, 40 minutes into the movie at this point? That's the amazing thing about this movie. It's incredibly hard to tell. It's never boring, but he just it's just it's beyond expansive, this entire movie. Yes. And I'm going to... We might, uh, as we talk about our experience watching the movie, we'll drove in some more plot details. But they all leave it at that in terms of the play-by-play. Yeah, Act 1. Uh, act Act 1. And um, But it should be noted, he's his kids are all just as big of lead characters as him and Zoe Saldana are. Yeah. They all get their own stories. This movie is about family. It's about raising kids. It's a bit like it's about or it's about like obviously it's also about like being like respectful of Earth and that kind of thing and nature. But the human element is clearly like James Cameron looking at his like five kids and having these emotions and feelings. Yeah. About being all like the this, different kids that he, yeah, you know. being like you know, some of them are like you know, better than others. Some screw up sometimes, but gosh darn it, I love it. Even even my one that was born from immaculate conception from a clone. <laughs> yeah, so insane. It's just a crazy movie. It's too much. It's insane. There is a scene in this movie where one of the kids enters the mouth of a giant whale-like creature finds a psychedelic like orb inside of the whale, connects his ponytail to it to thus read the whale's memories. It's Amazing. not happening. Yeah, no one, no other happen. director. No. Yeah. It's not like, happening in lo- other movies. I love 13 Lives. That's a movie that's on my top 10 list, and I loved it. Ron Howard can't do that shit. He doesn't have that in him. I don't think any other director is this like. It's just wild. I don't know. It's too much. It's too much to handle at times. Like it's crazy. He is allowed to dream. Fuller than any director, and that includes yes. people like Christopher, Christopher Nolan and Jordan Peele, who are getting as much as anybody else. But James, but I think James's dreams are even crazier than theirs. <laughs> they're, they're like, it's, and it's like, yeah, he is like this guy who like, there's maybe like three or four directors at this point that can like play 
in as big of playgrounds as this guy can play in. Like, he gets to totally, because I don't even think Jordan Peele can, like, totally realize, like, his dream at the budget that Cameron can. Like, with Cameron, it mm-hmm. is like, I have potentially a billion dollars to at my disposal, and I can just conjure but my he, wildest but he fabrications. He can walk into a room and say, you're going to give me a billion dollars. I'm going to make you three. And they're going to believe him. <laughs> yes. They're going to give him like, like 50 million because of he said that. Like they're going to like, yeah, it's, it's insane. It is just like, oh man. I also say too that, uh, so... oh, I was going to say, yeah, just, I wanted to also compliment. Like one thing I feel like I, ra- I razzed on the original avatar was I didn't find like, Sam Worthington or like the Jake Sully character like super compelling mm-hmm. this time around he can act Sam let's get in the actors is... let's get in the let's let's get in the actors here a little bit yeah let's do it we're going into the, I, like, I agree yeah. I I agree I thought he was better this time around so much better like, I was I think, like yeah. yeah like I think um really compelling lead and the one thing I noticed this time around too with the motion capture technology, mm-hmm. I could see the actors more. Yes, you you could like, see their face. You could see their like emotions, their faces, mm-hmm. their reactions. Like you could see, you could see like Sam Worthington's facial structure. You could see Zoe Saldana's facial structure in the Navi, because this time around we never see. Jake, because Jake Skull, Jake Sully is gone, as you know the wheelchair-bound ex-marine. He's now, you know, massive warrior, Navi warrior, Jake Sully. It is and like yeah, yeah. It's, like the... But you could you could totally see it. The actors are allowed to perform more. There, you're allowed to see more of them to let them do more of them, and I think that they're more confident too. I think that maybe there was an element too of like. Is this gonna make us look silly in the first one? And this one, they're like, no, we'll, no. we'll, be, we'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, they have total faith. Well, and it's interesting too that in this one, it is like the first one. They feel there's a need. It, it's it's in the movie. You know, I feel like there was like a sense of like we have to have a human element. We have to have like mm-hmm. you know something to keep us grounded. In in this movie, the grounding comes from the Navi. It's a hundred percent humans yeah. are pretty much like. There's a couple of good nerds. Yeah, and a, and a very evil Australian poacher. But <laughs> world, other than the that, the world's most evil man. Yeah. <laughs> and the an alcoholic evil poacher. And, yeah, and Jermaine Clement of Flight of the Concords is in it, yeah. but not the poacher. Um, but yeah, you're right. We're with. The creatures of Pandora, the people of Pandora, so much more completely this time around because they're not. Um, in the first one, we're looking at them as humans who've arrived on Pandora. This time, yeah. we're like we know Pandora. We're part of them. We're in, fucking Navi, dog. Yeah, we're not. Yeah, dude, we got. We finally made it. <laughs> we're, we're in Pandora in the second one. We've got the the head tails and everything. Yeah. And it, it it's that makes it even more enveloping, I think. Mm. Like you're just kind of in it because of that. And then 
the world. Okay, so Sam Worthington is excellent. I think Zoysandana is like an action superstar in this movie. I do think we talked a little bit about on text that um, they're not quite sure how to evolve her, the character, mm-hmm. um, in the same way they've evolved Jake. Um, right. I think um, they liked her as kind of the fierce warrior who was protecting her own, who was concerned about outsiders coming in. I think that there was opportunities to see how that um, plays with motherhood that they kind of didn't, if I had to give one complaint or comment about that, and maybe this is something they have planned for the sequels. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, I think that there was opportunities left on the table. I think there was cool, cool, cool elements left on the table for her oh totally and i think that like yeah i think there's like a four-hour version of this movie that could exist with like more like does yeah folks that was crazy both patrick and i separately brought this up we're like <laughs> yeah there could have been more a hundred percent and i would have sat down for it it's luna lunacy mm-hmm. um it is and i well and uh, i think too that what's what's crazy is that with the uh, zoe saldana's character even though, like, yeah, it's, there's a leaves a lot to be desired. She still gets, like, maybe, perhaps, I'm not going to spoil it, but perhaps the biggest moment of the movie. Well, you know, that reminded me of, and people might get an idea, is, and I, we won't spoil the big kind of dramatic moment necessarily of the movie. It was the most emotional scene he's done. Oh, Titanic, I guess. But um, I think since the abyss, when Ed Harris is trying to... Um, give Mary Elizabeth Master Antonio CPR. I think it was at that level. Yeah. Well, and I think, yeah, I think anything that happened in this movie was more, I'd say at the very least, it's more emotionally complex than what happens in Titanic. Cause like, don't get me wrong in Titanic love story, Romeo and Juliet, like and it, and it, and it resonates hard, but like, there's so much happening in this movie in certain scenes where like, you're feeling a lot of things and you are surprised with where things go. And, you know, sometimes you're like, Oh my God, that's, I don't know. It's like, there's a lot, there's a lot of ways you can feel about some of the things that happen. The satisfaction he hits on though, is like at the end where a quarter just got the knife and you think Jake is going to be like, no, he goes, then let's finish it. And Jake pulls his own knife. We got a damn avatar knife fight. Like, Uh. It was, it's so good. And speaking of Quartridge, uh, Stephen Lang should be nominated for Best Supporting Actor. He probably will be for Avatar 3 if everything goes accordingly. (laughs) I mean, it's, yeah, because it's one of those things where I think like all the stodgier members of the Academy are probably still like, "Uh, how much of that is, but like you can't have, you know, like a lot of people are probably like, it's a lot of it's the computer or whatever, but Mm -hmm. like you can't. You need the Lang. You can't without Lang. It's nothing. He's 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 arguably the most compelling blockbuster villain of the century, and I mean by the two thousand onward. Yeah, his his arc, and he's is only like, getting more compelling. Yeah, as I he's continued. Yeah, because like in you know in the original Avatar, he's interesting. He's easily the most interesting character and actor in the movie. But, you know, he's kind of like, eh, I've seen this kind of guy before. 
But what they do with him in the second film, in this in Way of Water, they take his by you know giving him a son and having him be reborn as a weird cat alien. <laughs> like he's gone. He goes to these crazy places you don't anticipate him to go. It's mm-hmm. just totally his arc is wild and you could see it going a bunch of different ways too. yeah like, they leave yeah. they leave it really wide open for the character to have a re- like he could become a good guy he yeah could be, he could go fully like even worse bad guy yeah like he, as things for his, his own weird man he can be like yeah he could like because like it's not like it's funny because like it, it feels like he doesn't even get treated super well by the uh you know, by the company or by like the well, that's Earth the question. It's like, yeah, it's like there's like Edie Falco and stuff, who is a general in the Earth Force, like treat him as a second class citizen because all he is now is Navi. Yeah, and is he like is he property? Is he like some yeah. weird like? It's so many. There's so many crazy yeah. questions about his like curtain situation. It's nuts. It's 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 incredibly compelling, and it's going to lead to. Quite a bit more. I mean, somebody made on Twitter. I saw they were like, "Is there like a more badass moment than when he finds his own skeleton and picks up his own skull and crushes it in his hands?" It's so crazy. It's, it's so it's... great. Like, and it's yeah. It's it's it, and he's such a he's such a great actor. He's so compelling. And speaking of compelling, of course, Sigourney Weaver, one of the greats. Um, so she died in the first one. How does she come back in this one? So if you remember from the episode we, from our James Cameron series, I told a story about I ate dinner at some fancy L.A. restaurant. Oh, my God. That James Cameron also happened to be eating dinner at at that same time. We saw him come in. We saw him go out. We were all, like, drooling. When we saw him go past, yeah, like, every eyes, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was like, he was like ladybugs. <laughs> um, of course, it was a vegan restaurant, plant based, naturally, course, naturally. But a friend of ours was the wait person at four. He was in a separate room. He had a private private area, and she was also our wait person. So every time. She came back to our table like, what's he talking about? <laughs> like, we wanted, to get this. <laughs> we wanted to get it. And apparently the entire conversation revolved around de-aging Sigourney Weaver. Now, you think like, oh, is it like a Irishman thing? Is it a Benjamin Button kind of thing? Nope. It goes way fucking beyond that like, it, may, it makes the irishman look like child's play it is un, yeah. it's unreal it's, it's crazy unreal. sigourney plays a pre-teen navi the her own spawn it's startling this is gonna be the highest grossing movie of all time this mm-hmm. is the fact that I think like it is. i think it is yeah yeah and the, and the fact that like he can get away with just the most insane there are just like ideas and just wildly out of left field concepts that he can integrate in the most mass 
into mass media. It is yeah. like it, it, there's well, I mean, that's his no greatest, one else can That's do his it. greatest skill as a filmmaker is somehow he knows the key. He knows the secret to integrate the most personal idiosyncrasies into the biggest thing that every single person in the world wants to see. And that can't be taught. No, I I, I think it's like impossible still. Like, I don't think anyone will be able because like we're all we're all so isolated. We're also bifurcated now. Everyone consumes so much like different weird stuff. I don't think you'll be able to replicate a camera. Well, that's that's the thrill. And when we talk about kind of our the details of our theater experiences, we got to talk about like the community aspect in just a moment here of it. But um. You know, basically, like, so Cliff Curtis and Kate Winslet play the leaders of the water tribe. Mm-hmm. And um, they have a bunch of kids. She is a pregnant warrior. Her sister, her her spiritual sister is a whale, the Tunkun, which is... So cool, what's so great? And it's and the, funny, because, like... The, the whales have tribal tattoos. Like, it's, it's rad. Well, and here's the thing. It's the type of thing where, like, if someone told me, like, oh, this movie, like, there's, like, whales that are friends, like, I'd laugh at that. That's, like, goofy. But then you watch, like, Cameron. He makes the goofy cool. It's yeah, insane. He, does. he can't. So, no one else can do that. The uh, the other group, the Tunkin, are these whale-esque creatures that are great friends with the Water Tribe. But these Tunkin, um, we are met with this group of poachers who Quartridge takes over their boats. The poachers and Quartridge's mercenaries are all on the trail of the whales and Jake Sully. Mm-hmm. We find out, though, basically that these Tunkin creatures, like deep within, like the underneath their throat or like their jaw or whatever. It's like their soul gland. <laughs> their soul gland, yeah, totally. They're like... 21 grams you know yes, um, exactly yeah, you speaking of, uh, yeah thank Man. you that's a pro that's some pro shit right there this is like some <laughs> podcasting 101 folks pay attention class in fucking class session, session. <laughs> um basically there's a like a serum a gold a gold goop that it's, it's not serum. a lot of it it's like it's like a large red bull it like yeah it's worth of it. It's a thermos. It's like a thermos. It's like a thermos, and it gets ex- expelled from there, from them, and it apparently can extend human life almost endlessly. But the rest of this Tunkin, this majestic, gigantic Meg-like creature, is they just drop it back in the water. They dispose of all is. Cameron making a statement on the waste of animals and animal products in society of the highest order. And he's also making a statement on rich assholes who would absolutely do this if they found out killer whales like had this in them. They would do this if they found out that like people like if there was like a gland in like humans that like if you took people's like you know left nut 
They'll live well, they forever. Are, they, already, they already use people as like blood bags, like in Mad Max Fury Road. I mean, like yes, they do. That's real. That's a thing people do, and that's like the beauty of Cameron is he like caught on to that, you know, back in like 2014 or whenever they started writing it, and they effortlessly integrated. Not only did they like find a new unobtainium, they like heightened unobtainium. They made him more unobtainable unobtainium and it works so perfectly it's like yeah it's poetry it is like this um it's it is the perfect reason to have people keep coming to pandora forever yeah and uh working on the poet the guy who plays the australian poacher we should give him a shout out because he's super memorable because he's so evil so good he's like an unpleasant guy and um brendan cowell is the actor's name and um Boy, you wanted him to get it when you're watching this movie. You're just like really hoping oh. for it. But the um, he's got a marine biologist on board who's helping him <laughs> with Tunkin information. He's played by Jermaine Clement of Flight of the Concords and What We Do in the Shadows. And he's hilarious because he That's clearly so loves nature and everything like that. But he's taking this job where he's working for these monsters. He He's open about his alcoholism. Because he's just like, I've sold my soul and this sucks. Yeah, he is like he he is like uh, this evil. He is like a cuck to this evil, yeah. like like whaler. Oh, it is yeah. yeah, which is a lot of scientists within the corporate America. Yeah, he's Community. he's he's basically like Grace Augustine without like the like the fortunate quality like you know he doesn't he doesn't get to have like that moment where he can like you know become one with like nature he's yeah he's, he, he can't he doesn't quite reach those levels yeah but my favorite thing he does in the movie is that when he's talking to spider who has been captured by the bad guys um he explains the tunkin and how they're how intelligent they are and they're like majesty basically and JC does it in this way that is not exposition, but it feels it's like natural, like scientific, like I buy every aspect of his like look at their brain waves. Like the, you could see they like they they're more emotional and it's like man, yeah. Wow, and they we should he puts everything in the corner to never want to see one of these creatures injured, even though they are made up it, unreal. Yeah, they're space whales. They're, they're crazy space whales. Ways space whales. Yeah, and you fall in love with them. Yeah, like they're you... beautiful. Like there are these scenes where they're swimming with them, and the music is swirling, and they're going through all the fish and stuff like that. You're like, this is like a Terrence Malick movie. Like, I mean, it's it's like yeah, it's like something you would see like in a Fantasia short, like that yeah. level of just like pure like the 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 image and sound melded in perfect synchronicity just incredible no i mean my second text after i sent you my first text to you which was of course five stars um <laughs> my second text was it made me want to be a vegan like this is the greatest propaganda for plant-based diet that I think I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's the best. It's also just the best propaganda for like poaching. Like, I don't anti see. How... Yeah, like yeah, like anti poaching. Anti -poaching. The, yeah, like poachers are the worst people. Like... Yes, the against poaching. To be clear, like yeah, no, this is not a movie where you yeah. want to go out and poach. Quite the opposite. It is well, like yeah. He 
the thing I know, the thing I felt is like, this is what he saw when he was five miles deep. And he's bringing it back because he saw another world. And that's what he's giving us. Yeah. And it's like, isn't that yeah, amazing? Well, that it amazing? Is. It's crazy. Well, it's like, he's like, yeah, it's such, like, it's so beautiful. Like, he sees, like, and it's so funny because he's so, like, technical but spiritual. Like, he sees, yeah. like, he sees, like, the, he see, almost sees, like, a master plan and everything. Like, the most weird religious guy. But, like, it's well, a master plan where, like, it makes sense. Like, it's like something you can explain scientifically. It's thoroughly fascinating. So, I heard the funniest thing, actually, about his religious beliefs. Because we should note his religious beliefs, I think. <laughs> I want to know. Let's let's hear. So he said that, in essence, he was he used to be an agnostic, mm-hmm. but he now considers himself a converted agnostic because he thinks that agnosticism is cowardly atheism. Ooh, which he's right. <laughs> I, wow. I actually agree. With, I actually kind of agree with him on that because make a choice. Yeah, make a choice. Like it's fine. I'm not going to hold it against you, but if you sit there on the fence, which is something JC does not do. He's not no, a fence sitter by any means. Yeah. Fucking put throw, put your sack in the game. Yeah, you know, like yeah, have have beliefs. Stand by something. <laughs> and I think, I mean, he you know, he hasn't said it. And I think he 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 might be too scientific to like blurt it out. But he's also a very confident man, so can go either way. I think he sees something. I think he saw something under the water that yeah. um, that goes far beyond anything we know. Like for all we know, he met an alien from the abyss down there. No, like, but he's been doing this since the abyss. Yes, I actually think this movie. You want to make a comp? It's the abyss meets Titanic. Man, yeah, that's a succinct. Yeah, that's true. That is within like abyss. his with his universe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. With of course within this within Avatar, yeah, <laughs> yeah including Pandorans. Mm-hmm. But it's he. So it's 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 breathtaking. The entire thing is breathtaking, and I couldn't believe it. But we shouldn't be surprised at the same time. But. I just don't buy anyone who's walking out of this. I think everyone, anyone who walks out of this thing who's like a hater is just doing it for attention. It's, yeah, because like, and don't get me wrong, there were parts of me that like, watching it, there were parts of me that kind of wanted to be like, because James Cameron, there's something inexplicable about him, right? Like, he's just, he doesn't miss. And so, yeah. I think everyone has that thing in them where they're like, this guy doesn't miss? Uh, it'd be kind of fun if he missed. Like, you you have that, like, urge in you. And, you know, there were, like, one or two moments where I was like, oh, he might be missing now. It might be, this might be the three out of five for me. But then, like, he does the equivalent to, like, fucking, like, Wagner or, like, Fitzcarraldo. Like, that level of, like, epic scale and total um 
like brain melts. Like you feel like you're being overwhelmed by what you're witnessing. It's like something I've very rarely felt in art. Mm-hmm. That total like, you know, like uh, saturation of your mind. And you can't. Yeah, it's incredible. I don't know how you can say yeah, no it. Yeah, it is so stunningly beautiful. And then the final hour leads to one of the greatest battle action sequences ever produced <laughs> well, like if you took like any like any still out of it it has like the the um detail of like a Hieronymus Bosch painting mm-hmm. like just like you know fire coming out of everywhere uh crab ships fighting Navi uh whales hitting the ship people dying arms getting like everything's happening but, like, and it's all of uh, like there's there's still like birds flying around in the background and like all like the and the 3d is like it's unlike anything you've ever seen 3D wise. Like he like synthesizes Saving Private Ryan and the Thin Red Line. He gets like mm-hmm. both of those vibes. Yeah, he's that's able good to call. Good call. Yeah. Good call. It's like he does all the technical stuff perfectly, and then you're seeing the, the turtle get born and the so, birds flying in the skies. <laughs> so that's a great point though. Is he Steven Spielberg and Terrence Malick in one body? It's too much. No one should be that. That's great, but he might be. It's, with it's... with also like the macho like swag of like Bay or Tony Scott. It's, 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 he might have like the machine. He's like a Frankenstein. He has like the machismo mm-hmm. of a Michael Bay and the like um radical empathy of a malik and and the the technical and wizardry and understanding of uh audiences of a spielberg like yeah well, it's very hard to be a uh pro-military poet but he somehow is <laughs> he is no he loves the troops even when yeah. they're the bad guys he loves Love, them. but he loves all the gear he loves the camo he loves the cargo pants like all the who, like... all that hoorah shit he's still way into it well, it's because they're like really good at their job. He likes he's like the type of guy that appreciates like a job well done and someone who is at the yeah. top of their like intelligence. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. he's like, yeah, he's like way into operations and stuff like that. And like, like in the same way, like Michael Mann is like he's like super into scores. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like he's like, yeah. And um, and also I think there is like he still has a little bit of that like. He loves playing with toys. Like, there's like that part of him that's still like. I think he has that little, yeah, little microscopic uh, bit of kid in him. Yeah, he somehow, even though he's been in Hollywood, he's made a billion dollars, all this kind of stuff. He has maintained a fascination and a curiosity that none of his peers have. Mm-hmm. There is like no. It- Cynical, I guess we'll just run this back. Like, when you watch Terminator 2, you're like, this is a logical extension. This is finishing the story. When you watch this one, it doesn't feel like, oh, Avatar is the biggest movie ever. Of course, there has to be a sequel. It's like, he wants more. He wants to see more. He wants to do more. He's like going to do motion capture underwater. Yeah. Well, and he's also doing his version of like, the Marvel and like 
all there's all these universes now. Everyone has to have a universe, and this is like his take on universe filmmaking, like this like serialized form of filmmaking that is now the norm for mainstream Hollywood. And he's like cracked the code for it. I feel in a way that no one else has quite achieved yet. Like you know, like there's interesting well, it stuff. Doesn't in... feel like it doesn't doesn't. Well, it doesn't feel cynical. You know what I mean? Uh, say that one more time. You uh, were cut off a little bit. Oh, I, I, I said something very poetic and profound. No, no, <laughs> no. Um, it time. doesn't. It doesn't. No, it doesn't. It doesn't feel like um, they're allowed to dream in the same way. In the and this includes not just Marvel, Star Wars, Harry Potter, every um, one of them, the DC ones, any of them. All, all these fucking. Slurry. We're forced to eat slurry. And this motherfucker, he's the one guy who gets to, like, play with this sort of canvas without the strings Mm -hmm. attached. And I think you need a true lunatic at the helm, a visionary lunatic like him, or frankly, Tom Cruise in the Top Gun Maverick and the Mission Impossible. I mean, they played the, they will get, let's get this good transition, I guess. Um, they played the Mission Impossible trailer Ooh. Um, in the IMAX screen. And I was like moved by it. Cause I was just like, look at this guy. Like, even so he, it's like, it used to be a joke watching him like sprint in every single movie. And now you're like, I want to savor this. <laughs> This is like this guy's giving everything to us. Like, well, and here's the thing, though. Like with Tom Cruise, it's like he pushes himself to the limit. He gives us like the most incredible stunts, the coolest locales. Like he does things that no other actor, especially an actor at his age, like would dare replicate. With James Cameron, he's doing that, but on like an exponentially larger not only is he giving us all of himself pushed to the limit he's giving everything pushed to the limit it's like just it's so but it's what you want this is what movie magic not to be too cheesy yeah is all about like it is not about just like okay i guess i didn't like this adventure but maybe the next one it should be like how do we top it how do we push it even further and so yeah, you you have a better story. I will tell my experience story first yeah. because yours no is better. <laughs> I mean, kind of better. We'll see. Well, I saw it. <laughs> I went to the Americana Mall nice. in Glendale. Perfect place to see it. Yep, uh, the former Pacific Theater, now AMC. I saw it in IMAX Laser 3D. We just we both did. We both did a joint fist pump. <laughs> I was handing my 3D glasses upon entering. I was jazzed the second I was handed those 3D glasses. I had a medium Coke and a Ooh. gigantic Reese's Pieces. Wonderful. Took my seat. I was on an aisle. Uh, I was like, I don't know. I, I felt very like some tension. I was, I was like, man, we're going to be here for 190 minutes. I and then the trailer started. They played Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse Part 2, which I never saw the first one, but I have to say, like, it looks so compelling, and if it wasn't about Spider-Man, 
<laughs> be even more interested. <laughs> it looks good. They, I like the yeah. It's like if this was a Magister guy, like in the world of like the, like the Gymiverse and like all the different gyms, I'd be so happy. They played the Mario trailer, which mm-hmm. played played like again dopey, but played really. The visuals played very well on that big IMAX screen. Yeah. Um, the highlight for me, the Oppenheimer trailer, which looked um, wild. I mean, it looks like it's a big swing for Chris Nolan because it doesn't feel like there's like the set pieces are not right. there in the same way. <laughs> like, yeah, Oppenheimer is not going to like, you know, find a magic gem or like turn yeah. back time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's not Tenet. Um, <laughs> yeah. They did the Indiana Jones trailer, mm. which I don't like seeing CG in Indiana Jones movies. Because I feel like um, cheapens it. Well, like the entire idea behind them. If you watch like Raiders of the Lost Ark, when he's like hanging off the truck and being drugged by the truck, it's like there's a dude that they're just dragging down this road. Like, it's happening. <laughs> it's like it's a thing that's occurring in front of you, and it looks real because it's real um, for the and most I get part. That, and I get that that movie's forty years old, so it's like you know times have changed. What what have you? But there's a glory to seeing Harrison Ford on a real horse riding through the desert. But there's also glory to seeing Harrison Ford, period. And I was just happy to see him like as yeah. Indiana Jones, so I was I was into it. Yeah, um, I'm glad for this old this codger is still at it. They told us to put on our 3D glasses. We saw the Guardians of the Galaxy and the Ant-Man trailers in 3D. The Ant-Man trailer was very funny because I saw both Greg Turkington and the um, <laughs> You Have No Good Car Ideas guy from Tim Tim Robinson and are that both in the, the trailer. <laughs> so that's why the Ant-Man movies are the best Marvel movies is because of Peyton Reed's like involvement in the fucking on-cinema shit. Yeah, <laughs> literally the one thing keeping me like interested in any Marvel stuff. <laughs> yeah, he's like the first shot is like Paul Rudd shaking hands with Greg Turkington. You're like. Okay, there's a little tongue-in-cheek thing happening here, but it was in it. But it was like I'm like I'm not a big you know. I think it's made clear over 100 episodes. I'm not like I'm not Marvel guy. No. But in 3D, I had not seen a 3D movie in years. I was like, well, I'm still very excited about it. this. Is the first 3D I'm getting of the night. I'm still very excited about everything being thrown it looks at me. Cool. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I like any of this. This is great. Regardless. Like, it's like, oh, giant unshaven Michael Douglas. Whoa. It's coming yeah. right toward me. <laughs> but then, uh, you know, we saw Nicole Kidman tell us about how we're going to smell movies. Yeah, or whatever. God, it's a taste you can see. Whatever. Taste I can see. Yeah, taste and we, and she, she, she got here, and we got into it, and the nobody got up to use the bathroom for all 190 minutes. The only big disappointments, not a lot of audience involvement with the big scenes. Like I was like gasping and then felt kind of embarrassed that I was mm-hmm. gasping. Um, when the poacher finally gets his just desserts in the movie, I expected a cheer from the audience. We didn't get one. The, the audience applause at the end was subdued. It was 7.15 show, so it was about 11 p.m. when it was over. Spook may have been tired. But overall, 
It was a polite crowd in a great theater, great visual experience. The frame rate thing was crazy, but it worked, you know, in the moment. The 3D was phenomenal. The seats shook. It was so damn loud in there. And like I said, I walked out and I couldn't, like, get to sleep. Because I was like, man, I cannot believe what I just saw. We'll get to a review in a moment, Patrick. Run down what your where did you see it? Ugh, I saw the it audience, there. the trailers. What snacks did you have? We want to hear it all. I, 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 paid, seven, it. I paid seventeen dollars for parking. Oh my god! Not, maybe the only down, maybe the only downside. Of the evil, night. evil. The yeah. Americana, those guys, fucking Caruso. Glad that guy's yeah, on god, there. Yeah, no, 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 bad guy, a bad guy. <laughs> also, a great thing about the Americana is that's the the home of uh, Bugman. Uh, the guy who loves Avatar. He lives at the American. He lives yeah. at the apartment. He may he, he may have been at the screening I was at for all I know. He probably <laughs> was. We saw a guy walking around in an Avatar mask because he has a bunch of those. No, I did <laughs> and, not. Okay, there, was, there was one guy though who was wearing an Avatar crew sweatshirt, and I was like, "That's, that's badass, dude! I want one of those." You're yeah, yeah you're more hero than the troops. You're yeah, you <laughs> got you, you got yelled at by James Cameron once. <laughs> you know, you know how there's like the that shitty, horrible, like Blue Lives Matter flag with like the blue. That should be a blue stripe for Navi, baby. Change that flag. Yeah, in a good the, way. the blue stands for the Navi. We're taking. We can't take it back, but we can try. You can try. <laughs> it won't work. But uh, okay. I would feel like our nursery is still more morally correct. <laughs> yes, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Um, so um. Yeah, went to the Regal in North Hollywood. Bad theater. I, I hate saying this because I love movie theaters. And you know what? I'm going to just say that it was probably like, you know, I think it's just sometimes theaters um, get a little run down. I feel like theaters have like lifespans. And they, do. they yeah. yeah, and they're, yeah, and it's like, it's like a 15 year thing or a 20 year thing where they kind of get a little outdated and then eventually either they shut down or someone comes and renovates things and like takes it to the next level. And just this place, like, um, was just kind of at the end. I feel like it's at the end of its lifespan a little bit. It, it looks nice, just smell. You go in, it smells weird. You you you're in and you're like, it smells like a Chuck E. Cheese's, and you're like, that's kind of odd. I don't like that smell because uh, it, it just smells like a like a place with a ball pit. Um, you go to the you go to the front. Um, I got a medium. I got a diet Pepsi because they only had a Pepsi. See, that's the thing, dude. Only Pepsi products, no freestyle machine. So I'm kind of like. What kind of what kind of self-respecting movie theater doesn't roll a freestyle Coke machine? Insane. It was like, no. yeah, I was out of my element immediately. Like, no freestyle. No. I can't do a, a diet uh, pineapple Pib extra. Get out of here. Um, got a diet Pepsi. Got a uh, hot dog, and it's like a Nathan's Famous. They like advertise it as Nathan, and it was the driest hot dog I've ever had. It was so dry. It was like the bready. It was the breadiest, driest hot dog. And so I'm like, I'm just like, this isn't going well. This hot dog is dry. Um, I get in. I forgot. So I got. So you paid seventeen dollars for parking. Parking was free at my place, but I paid like thirty seven dollars for my ticket. My ticket was twenty seven dollars. Oh yeah, crazy! But, the price. Uh, both both of these things are both those are terrible, like de- deathly overpriced. <laughs> like, oh, evil, evilly overpriced! And I forgot. So when I got the ticket, I think I initially thought that it was like you know 
Dolby 3D or something like that. And I go into the theater and I'm like, oh, I see why it was so expensive. I got 40X. I got like the weird. And it also explained why the theater was like relatively like. um, Was it an IMAX screen? It was an IMAX screen. Okay. uh, And it was like a Dolby and it was the uh, 40X like seating. And so you sit and it's like they're in these like quadrants of four seats. You sit in and it's like 3D. I had 3D glasses as well. They gave me the 3D glasses. Um, And so I was kind of like a little like, oh, you know, it'll be fun. I'm not super worried. Um, It was weird, too, because I got there like, you know, at like uh, I think my my showing was like in the middle of the day. I went I got my ticket was my movie was at three and I got there at like 240. And uh, the credits for Black Panther 2 were still playing. It was very weird. It was like very like uh like I guess they're just playing these movies really close. Yeah, um, it's incredibly close. Very weird. I've never had yeah. Um, and then like the Maria Menounos stuff played. It was nice to see. I like I like some new V. I like the Maria Menounos stuff. Yeah. And then um, I was happy to see her. Yeah, always happy to see her. Um, no, no Nicole Kidman. That's about. And they don't have their own version. Like they should get some other. Get like no, like McConaughey does like the um landmark ones. And Nicole does AMC, so they got to get like um, I don't know, Don Cheadle or somebody get, like get that. Get Don Cheadle, get like yeah, or go <laughs> go wild, get like Wallace Shawn. Like <laughs> we're bringing movies back. Movies are back if you want. I don't know. You can decide. <laughs> you can decide. Let's have a dinner about it. Uh, my dinner with the movies. Uh, it'd be so cool if he was back. Yeah. Um, I like. There's a guy that sits next to me, and he's, like, kind of weird, but he's fine. It's like, whatever. Um, the trailers play. I don't get a lot. Of, we didn't get a lot of trailers, which is crazy. Hmm. I didn't get any. I missed all the cool. So we got, like, the Ant-Man one. We got the Guardians of the Galaxy one, like, Hong Shu. They're fun. We got the Barbie trailer. We did not get Barbie. Yeah, we got Barbie. See, that's the, you got Oppenheimer. I got Barbie. <laughs> that's the that's how the dice rolled. Um, they're, apparently and, open, they're apparently opening, like, the same day. Wow. Which means uh, two trips to the movie. Yeah, two popcorns, please. Two popcorns, uh, please. <laughs> I got a double feature ahead of me. Uh, and it's like a it's a fun. Have you seen yeah, the trailer? I watched, yeah, I watched it this morning. I was like, actually, you know what? Like, I'm still like pretty like, I didn't have this like feeling watching all these movies. It's like, it's just all about like properties and like franchises and that yeah. was a little depressing but like for what it's worth Greta Gerwig seems to be having a really fun time yeah with they're what... gonna be very playful no Bombay co-wrote it with her too there's gonna be something there fun like so I'm not super and then like yeah. oh, god that Mario trailer like my brain it does hit my brain in a weird place where I'm like oh these are the guys I liked growing up I like these guys so like and it's just, <laughs> it's so like base I feel like a fucking dog like seeing no, a tree Pat- Patrick, who are your guys? Who are you guys? Mario, uh, Wario, yeah, Mario. <laughs> Luigi, Wario, of course. Waluigi. Uh, Seems like Luigi is a snitch in the trailer. Little, he's a little, he's <laughs> yeah. a little nerd in the trailer. He sucks. It's kind of, but I like it. It's like the guy from It's Always Sunny. So it's like he's like a weird uh, whiny guy. I love it. Um, mm. And I actually, you know what? Here's like a crazy thing I'll say. I kind of like Mario Chris Pratt. He's yeah. like he's he's perfectly fine. He's like not like annoying. Um, let's see what else. Uh, I think those were the only trailers. I'm trying to remember if there were like any other like crazy ones. I think like you know what? 
uh, a horrible thing happened where like two trailers went by and then there was like a trailer. It looked like a cool movie where it's like these weird, like furry Sasquatch people in a house. And it's like, yeah. and then it was a fucking Airbnb. Airbnb. Evil. That's an evil thing to do. Like having like a, I didn't, I didn't like having like, don't, two... do not know commercials are there are rules. Commercials yeah. are over when the trailers start and we only get because commercials trailers movie. Yes, separation. Or Nick, well, state. Nicole, Nicole Kidman movie. <laughs> yes, Nicole Kidman movie. Or in my place, just go to the damn movie. Um, and then movie happens. Um, oh, also during all the trailers, the the seats are rocking so much, and they're spraying nasty old water in your face. And I'm like, what have I done? Such a bad way to watch. I'm so bummed out. I'm so sad. I like talk to the guy next. To me. I'm like, this sucks, right? And the guy was kind of like, yeah, this sucks. <laughs> like, we were both like miserated about how bad this was. It's just like, yeah, because it's like stuff spraying at you. Like the lights flash whenever guns shoot, which is crazy, or, or lightning strikes. Um, stuff mm. is like blowing in your ears, in the back of your ears. Like, have you ever like, you know, when you get an eye exam, how like a bit of like air yeah. gets blown into you? It's like that, like in the back of your head, like fifty times a second. It's too much. It's like the worst way to view a movie. It's, it's like, like <laughs> you like watching movies. How do you like getting punched? Like in the face, yeah, and it's like, and, and they like, and they move you around so much, like people's popcorns, like leave their bags. It's like the worst. No one, I, I saw an old man leave because he couldn't handle it. An old man, old like, like an eighty-five-year-old man with a cane, just he couldn't do it. Well, we already mentioned this. The movie is already an incredibly visceral experience. It's three hours. And you're just getting battered by wind to the face and dirty water. I have like a rash, I think, on my hand from the water, I think. I'm 100% convinced that the nasty regal water hurt my skin. I don't know. I think this might be taking things too far. It's too much. It's like a bad... Maybe there's like a... There's probably a way of doing it that's like less invasive or intrusive if they could like tone it down by 75 percent, i would probably I don't, do I don't think they need to splash you with water no no water or no like like i like like there's like there were moments when like you're you know flying on something and you felt like the wind in your hair mm-hmm. and that was really cool i like those parts if you just did like the good parts i'd be down to clown um and so like in the movie starts it's jostling me around uh, about like 10 minutes in, you see like the first lady Navi and the guy next to me just like unprovoked goes so hot <laughs> like that. <laughs> like it's so crazy. <laughs> it's like, that's what you get when you see the movie at three o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> it was so like, cause it was like that, like tone, <laughs> that cadence, just like the most <laughs> guttural horniness. <laughs> It came directly from his soul. It felt like, oh, I mean, God, uh, in I don't think he was doing anything like you know. I truly think this guy just like lost himself for a moment. It's that type of movie, and I think he just like he just lost he lost himself and let the horny out, and it was like it was crazy. Um, and so like fifteen minutes or twenty minutes later, like we're still like really early in the movie, and a guy like I have like an empty seat next to me. 
and a guy like angrily sits next to me and he's just like pissed this guy and i kind of like go up to him saddle up to him and i kind of whisper man these seats are the fucking worst aren't they and the guy is like no i wanted i paid for these i want the seat mine's broken (laughs) (laughs) and so i'm like can i trade seats with you and he's like yeah, yeah, I can. I'm gonna like, let my wife trade because, like, he brought his wife with it. It's like this man who's like probably in his he left his seat. he left his wife in the broken seat so he, he could left, have a good time. <laughs> it's like a he's a Simpsons character. It's like King of Queens shit. This guy. <laughs> it is like a plot. I like got a plot in like Seinfeld or something. Because like it's he, like yeah, it's very like Kevin James. Like we're paid to see Avatar. And I love Avatar. Uh, I wanted my seat to shake. But my my hot wife, like she won't move seats. <laughs> I don't give a shit. I don't, I don't care. Give a shit. I want my seat to move. <laughs> I gotta hang here with Pat Oswald. He's a nerd. Uh, yeah. Like, oh man. Uh, I, uh, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, actually, uh, the seats are gyrating, not moving, sir. <laughs> I'm gonna wedge you. Um. So like he like gets his wife to like move and like i trade seats with the wife and i'm like and i end up in this like like this quadrant that doesn't work and i'm so it's like the happiest i've ever been because it's like it's an avatar christmas miracle because i'm in the one like seat quadrant that's broken so i can watch the movie like a normal guy 3d a 3d imax experience yes a 3d like a great a great experience without the crazy moving and the 3d is just insane it's not like there were times where you watch it and it's just like the depth it adds and the truly psychedelic feeling of like watching like you know a little navi lad go into a whale or like just swimming in the expanse or seeing like shit fall or watching that eclipse the way the eclipse like it's just it was out of this world um the final weird thing about my movie going experience is like, I will say my spot, there were three empty seats. So the wife could have come back at any time. Wife did not seem super happy. And at a certain point, the husband's like, you can move back if you want. And she was like, no, I'm fine. And like this poor lady was just jostled up and down. Oh man. What a crazy, but like, even it's a testament to how great like avatar, the way of water is that in spite of like having one of the, weirdest film going experiences of my life it's still like incredible and like that's the most memorable like all that other stuff i'm gonna forget in like two or three days like Mm -hmm. the avatar the actual film is what i'm gonna have imprinted on my brain like a tattoo absolutely i haven't stopped thinking about it either and i think um this is a must to you know spend the money yeah Go see this IMAX 3D because this thing is it, it, it is a true experience. Um, I think we've made it clear. We both loved it. Like, loved, like it was, yeah. it was all, truly an amazing experience. Like, and I was moved, and I I don't I disagree with the people who are like giving the story crap. Like, I think I was I wasn't totally invested. I was moved by all of it. Yes, there were some cheesy moments. Yes, he actually it sold the movie so long he repeats himself a couple times. But um, who cares? That's part of the fucking charm, yeah. dog. 
you're 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 Pat Oswald. If you disagree, you're the nerd. And yeah. guess what? The world be belongs a... to the Kevin Jameses. So. Yeah, don't don't be a nerd, man. Like you don't be let, a the, nerd. let let those vibes have a cigarette and let those vibes take you home. <laughs> like... Yes, exactly. <laughs> let the water cover you. It, yeah, it's it's absolutely thrilling. I cannot wait. So part three, looking into the future here, mm. is scheduled for winter. 2024 and if he did shoot it simultaneously i think he's gonna make that date but one thing i love he's not doing it in 2023 give us space that's what the important thing about these don't water it down baby yeah like make these things special make it a like like it took 13 years for this thing and even before then it was like um was it like nine ten years between titanic and avatar like i mean obviously you want to see him do more but like i don't want to see him water down what he does i want to see him swing for the fences take these big leaps do the craziest thing possible every time out and i think and that gets to my theory that i think he held back on avatar (laughs) 2 Yeah, I think he's, like, not at full power yet. Well, man, I'm just looking at the cast of Avatar 3, baby. Like, Michelle Yeoh's gonna be in it. Uh, A lot of characters. Vin Diesel is apparently in it. No way. Yeah. No, you motherfucker. He's done it again. (laughs) This crazy son of a bitch. God damn it. So, what the the impression I get is that it's gonna be... um, so essentially the movie ends with the spirit of battle still in mind. Things have not there's been some resolutions, there's been some tragedy, there's been some victory. But Jake Sully essentially ends the movie by stating the best way to save my family is to fucking fight for my family. And you know what that means? Yeah, I think we're we're heading toward like a massive like war movie. Let's as go. His name is. Yeah, let's go. Yeah, <laughs> let's fucking go. <laughs> and he's never, even if it's only a two year window between the movies, he's never, he knows he's smart enough. He's hip enough to know that he's not going to leave. He's not going to come back with a lame, boring retread. He's got, they know that they have to keep upping the ante. They have to keep pushing the envelope. This one pushing the envelope further than the first Avatar. I truly believe Avatar 3. Why, why would we have any doubt to believe that Avatar 3 isn't going to, you know, be a mind blower in the same vein? Yeah. I mean, he can only go up. That's like yeah. a, where I'm at with him at this point. I don't see like. Like, he's never, like, he's only gotten bigger. It's never gotten smaller with this guy. Like, you know, even, like, a movie, like, True Lies, where you think that on paper that's, like, kind of, like, a smaller story than Terminator 2, he found a way to, like, you know, he got real fucking jet planes. He got, like, he, like, he ups the, the, the ante every and time. And then Arnold takes a fighter jet into Miami to save, I mean, I'm already feeling bad because, like, I think True Lies took a bigger hit in my 
JC rankings than any movie. Oh. And I'm already like, nice fucking rules, man. But I mean, he has one stinker, and it's the movie he disowned. Yeah. You know? And He's un- on that note, perfect timing. Let's do it. Yes. Patrick and I have rewritten our James Cameron rankings to close out today's episode. We love Avatar 2. We, we encourage everyone to see it. Like, <laughs> without a doubt, it rocks. Um, oh, it should also be noted, both Patrick and I have also purchased tickets to see it again. We're <laughs> so going back. We're going again. We're, yeah, we're hooked in. We're, yeah. we're Avatar heads. I, I want to go to Pandora. We, I, I want to live in Pandora. I'm going to take yeah. my family. I'm going to hold... I was so moved with the baby Navi. Man. As a new... as a fa- I was not a father when Avatar came out. A father... When the way of the water comes out, I'm moved by Jake Sully's fatherhood and his quest to be a good dad. I was like, so like the the scenes were like they like put their head tails into like the sea anemones or like the yeah. the world, and they can just like relive those memories with like wouldn't you want to do that? Te- with- it brings tears to your eyes, man. It's so beautiful. It's, it's beautiful. So, it's like, why isn't this real? I, I get it. I get it now. <laughs> no, that's what we both said. We're like, I get it now. I understand. People who didn't want to leave Pandora, I understand you. It's a better place. It's a better place. Yes, you would leave better. There's no, yeah. <laughs> it's just, oh, man. But uh, we are going to do it to close out today's episode. Mm. We're going to run down. Maybe quickly, maybe not. Who knows? We'll see. He has nine films now. He had eight before. Where have things moved? What has changed? And probably the biggest question of all, where has Avatar, the way of the water, way of water, landed in these nine? Um, Like start at number nine, I have a feeling our number nines are very similar. Yeah. And that would, for me, I'll, I'll, I'll go first. Um, that would be, of course, Piranha 2 The Spawning. <laughs> yeah, it's my number nine, too. Yeah. And we could probably move past that fast. Big Jim would probably be okay with us moving past that fast. Yeah, there's <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, like, if you like Lance Henriksen, uh, you know, watch like a, a cut of the best scenes with him in it or something. Yeah, yeah. Lance Henriksen, weird B movie vibes. Um, but it does not have the. It's it's it, it's normal. Yeah. And the other eight movies of his are decidedly not normal mm-hmm. by any means. He's worried. He's otherworldly in his other eight. So, my number eight. Mm. is and I want to preface this by saying that I think all eight of these movies are five star movies yeah they're all bangers um, so this has nothing to do with quality it's more personal preference mm-hmm. number eight is The Abyss for me Wow. and The Abyss is great um, I already regret it saying that it's, out loud it's, but... it's, you know, it's fair it's like that, that is that's like the move that makes the most sense you are you're that's that's a i know out of, the, valid. out of these eight this is the one he feels is the most compromised in mm-hmm. some senses it's the one he's fiddled with the most mm-hmm. too 
Um, that does. It's excellent, though. Great performances. Master Antonio, Harris, Bean, bringing the heat. It's uh, very emotional. Very um, an early kind of indication of his kind of under the sea spirituality, if you will. <laughs> and um, that it's another. It's also like a true vision because he was coming after aliens. Was coming after Terminator of kind of like, oh, he sees even bigger than just like being a genre master, if you will. Right. So what do you have at eight? You know what at eight? I still have uh, the OG Avatar. It's mm. incredible. I I love Avatar. I'm Like I said, I want to move to Pandora. I get it. But um, I feel like in some ways, and I'm going to say this, like this movie, uh, like, you know, walks so Avatar way of the water could soar uh mm-hmm. it is like um it's there are so many things that are incredible about it like lang is great the performances are great um i think worthington is good in it i i feel like i ragged on it a little bit his performance i felt like he was wooden he he's good in the original avatar too i'm like i'm a full-on worthington apologist now it's like a good yeah. it's a good movie it just um Avatar The Way of Water does everything in it like 50 times better. It's just, and then saying that as uh, someone who thinks Avatar is a five out of five. Yeah. Like, it's just like, yeah, I don't know. It's still a great move. Like, all these, keep in mind, folks, we're like splitting the tiniest of hairs at this point. It's kind of like, what's a 10.1 and what's a 10.7? You know what I mean? All these are excellent. You'll have a great time watching all of them. Yes. Uh, My number seven. We go quick here. Mm-hmm. Is the OG Avatar? Yeah. Uh, I agree with you on all points. Like, I think it's it's extraordinary. It's a wild movie, but I also feel like, yeah, it it crawled, so Avatar: Way of Water could sprint. Like, bottom line. Exactly. It's just like, yeah, just it's the one Avatar is the mm-hmm. two, two, Way of Water is two point and that was actually too. To be perfectly honest, I just made a switch, like at the last minute here on this on these rankings. <laughs> <laughs> so, what do you have at uh, seven? Seven. Uh, I still have True Lies here. Uh, mm-hmm. Incredible movie. It's so good. It's so. Inter- it's the most um, like a hundred percent entertaining of the. It's just a full on fun time. Like I don't think any. Uh, James Cameron movie is as fun as this movie. It's like, yeah, it's like Cameron trying to be a fun guy, I guess. I don't know. It's like his the closest we'll ever get to a full-on James Cameron comedy. Yeah, um, 100%. And, and of course, with a James Cameron co- comedy, there's going to be like a, a, jet, a fighter jet in the middle of Miami and like real <laughs> explosions. It's still going to be the most expensive movie that came out that year. Yeah. Minimum, you know? and, and also like it's like a testament to like the performances too. like Jamie Lee Curtis gives her best performance of her career Arnold Schwarzenegger gives like a top three or four performance of his career um, the God Luke Bill Paxton. Pa- the God Bill Paxton insane his yeah. <laughs> my dick is so small it's pathetic it's pathetic it's so good he's like it's it might be the performance that would win his bracket. Jen just uh, quoted it too because she overheard us. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> yeah, and it's like yeah, like what type of movie? Like you know, a movie's good when you can just like conjure like weird moments from it. Um, but it also yeah. has 
the entire Key West chase on those bridges where Arnold pulls Jamie Lee Curtis out of the limo via helicopter. It's still, it's like one of the most thrilling, greatest, put together, greatly put together action sequences ever. JC behind the camera himself hanging from the helicopter during that entire sequence as well. I mean, he suffers for the art too. He, he yeah. gets it. Man, it's just, yeah, it's such a good movie. And don't see it being the slowly ranked as it being like a less, it's it, just like his, his oeuvre is incredible. And it's, it just comes down to preference at the end yeah, of the day. Yeah, it does. It's my number six. I'll just wow. say it right now. It's my number yeah. six as well. I love it. It's been a long time favorite. I saw it. It's in, in an initial theatrical run with my family. Mm-hmm. Um, it's well, yeah, classic in our yes. household. We love you know, it's, it's a bl- total, total freaking blast. Um, yeah, I mean, it's you know, you kind of summed it up. It's just, it's his funnest movie. Yeah, by like, a wide margin. Yeah, it's it's like it's kind of crazy. It's almost like at the level of like Die Hard, like in terms of fun. It is like that like level of like. Maybe Die Hard's like a little like wittier here and there. The Die Hard's a little bit tighter. It doesn't have the weird scene where he prostitutes his wife. Yeah, that's <laughs> like yeah, that's see that's the thing, is there's a little bit of a dative element to James Canta True Lies mm-hmm. too, which keeps it from being like on like, yeah. you know, cable. Tom, but like oh, it's, you know, Tom Arnold is probably doing the best work of his career. Oh, so. it's the peak of his career. It's so crazy that this didn't elevate Tom. I guess he just ruined his career or something. I don't know if Tom Arnold Steel, whatever happened. Uh, he's he's such an excellent sidekick to um, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, the big three. Yeah. yeah. What do you have at six? Oh, at six, I have. Uh, I tra- I switched some stuff. I had um, I uh, a little lower. I have the Abyss at six. Mm. Uh, I really like the Abyss. It's like a really. There's just something about it that feels, um, and I could be totally wrong, but it just feels like one of like James Cameron's most personal films. I feel like Ed Harris, Ed Harris is like just James Cameron. <laughs> like I yeah. think that's like what it feels like, and like uh, just uh, Ed Harris is one of, the, and you've said this, he's like one of the best actors, and he's one of those guys that can just go from being like heart of ice to like having the most empathetic uh sorrowful baby blues and yeah. you believe it it's he's it's just yeah and i think it's also just one of the most aesthetically interesting and most beautiful of cameron's films just like that that abyss blue like the vibe he didn't i don't think he like it, it took avatar the way of water for me to find something that matched those vibes aesthetically like it yeah. reach those levels um yeah no i just love yeah i love the abyss great movie Wonderful movie. At uh, number five, I have Titanic. Whoa! Is my number five movie. Uh, no slouch itself. Titanic is masterful. It's a good and, <laughs> um, Outside of Avatar Way of Water, the boat sinking in Titanic is J- JC's, like, maybe his greatest technical accomplishment. Yeah, it's in it's unreal. It is like an unreal um and that's another example of a film like mesh uh, uh synthesizing like weird obsession with like mass populous uh you know desires. It's crazy yeah. what he's able to do. It's both intimate 
and massive. It, um, I still feel like I was too much of a stinker when this movie came out in high school. I'm much, I'm happier that I'm a more open-minded person these days because the, yeah, don't be a hater, man. Like, yeah, it's not Terminator 2. It's not like cool. <laughs> but at the same time, uh, it's lovely and it's really well designed and the emotions hit you and the character and the acting. He found these two actors at this age that they were at before we knew that they were like who they were going to be. And they pop together at the highest level. It's it's you know, it's all of his movies have this. It's this is maximalism, this massive nature, but this grounded kind of um, cosmic luck. This cosmic, this like, yeah, these well, cos, like... these cosmic unexplainable connections. It's like, you know, he could have like cast Matthew McConaughey in the lead role, and yeah. it probably would have done well, but getting him getting DiCaprio at this time in his life, getting Kate Winslet, who was pretty practically brand new. The yeah, fact that the two of the two of them have magic together. Like it's just it's obvious like why people would have guessed it was gonna bomb. But at the same time it's also obvious in retrospect why it was the biggest movie ever. And it's time. Yeah. It is um it's crazy that he like basically from this movie came two of the last big stars. Like mm-hmm. he basically fireforged like two of the last like S A level like I'm recognized in deepest Fiji. I'm recognized in Mexico. Mm-hmm. I'm recognized in Canada. Like yeah, Leo's like when they don't make people like Leo anymore, and it's impossible. Well, I don't think to... I don't think he would have been the number one guy if he hadn't done this movie. No. And, you know, he, he, yeah. and he's been the number one guy since this movie. Because this was the number and, one movie. <laughs> yeah, and he is showing no signs of ever you know, dropping that title. <laughs> like, he is the number one guy. He's, yeah, he is. It's so crazy. He is the dude that uh, will forever be the person that gets the first dibs until he's, like, what, 70, basically, or, like, late but- 60s? My my, I there was a GQ article about Christian Bale. I think I've brought up before, where he was like, "I owe my career to him," because everything he has said no to, I've gotten. And my brother was telling me, he's like, "I heard Joaquin Phoenix say the same thing." Like, and you could Matthew McConaughey say the same thing. Um, Bradley, Bradley Cooper, Cooper could say the same thing. <laughs> you know, it's like every you know, every big guy, like there are like who is like between the ages of like forty four and fifty years old right now. Yeah, they all got parts that he was offered first. Man, yeah, yeah, and it's like yeah, and he, and like yeah, wouldn't have happened if Titanic didn't occur. No, be, if, is... even if he had taken Boogie Nights. Like no, no. He'd have cred. Don't get me wrong. Like, yeah. he'd still be like one he'd of be the a big star. Actors. Yeah, he'd yeah. be a star, but yeah, but not when not the sensation. No, no, <laughs> and, no. and it should be credited. It was a one-two punch because he did the uh, Baz Luhrmann Romeo and Juliet right before 
Titanic, and that made him. Hell, I was in I was in high school at that point. I saw the lock the girls' lockers, and then the oh. pictures that were up in those lockers. And guess who? Guess who? Like three out of every five girls had a photo of that dude up in their lockers. Then. <laughs> I would love to do um, Baz Luhrmann is like one of those weird guys where like he he's not like at the level of James Cameron, but he does understand something base about humanity. Like he's able to like something yeah. he, he gets how people work on some level. He is a real like his pop mindset is maybe greater than anybody. It, I don't know if that makes sense, the word pop mindset, the term pop mindset, but it's like he understands what popular culture is feeling and kind of that, like how pop music does. Yeah. And, you know, like the Elvis movie had nothing really like, like the movie Blonde said everything about celebrity and how shitty it is to like a mm. 10,000th level that Elvis did. But the thing about Elvis was Elvis was really fun. <laughs> and, really yeah. and Blonde was like, and don't get me wrong, we'll hear more about Blonde when we do our top tens of the year, but oh. um, you know, Blonde is a devastating two and a half hours. The Elvis movie actually could have been a devastating two and a half hours. Oh, the Elvis yeah. movie was not. It was fun, <laughs> like for the most part. He knows what people want, and they don't <laughs> yeah. want like uh, sorrow. They want joy and like weird pelvic thrusts. Yeah, yeah, and energy. His movies yeah. have energy. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I think um, I think it's phenomenal. We were just talking about we're both wanting to watch Titanic again. At some point, yeah, <laughs> I want to. I want to see because, like, and then, like, I like. Uh, I, it made me appreciate Billy Zane too. Like, he's yeah. so good in, as the villain in Titanic, and um, it's kind of incredible that like Stephen Lang like is able to kind of like match that and then some. Because like, yeah, he brings um, there's like a depth to uh, uh, like Billy Zane's role does not have a lot of depth, but it's just very fun and like I think larger he understands life. I think he understands James Cameron really understands archetypes in his writing and what yeah. these care what these each of these characters are representing. He's not he doesn't really break the mold. He studied it. He certainly. I mean, I would bet a hundred bucks that he's read himself some Carl Gustav Jung. Oh, sure. <laughs> he like well, and he uses it like a knife. He uses it like a tool. Yeah. He knows how to effectively uh, action, you know, utilize these like archetypes for his like to the to the end to the ends to to meet the ends his stories need to meet. Yeah, in a satisfying way that isn't. Um, it's not save the cat. Yeah. No. It's not uh, like yeah. It's not road. What do you have at five? Five. Um. It is uh, what was once at six. I moved up Terminator 2 one. Uh, it's oh. really good. It's a great. Yeah, Terminator 2 is. Uh, it's. Uh, I like it a lot more. Um, I'm going to. You know what I'm going to say? I like the jukebox moment. It's good. <laughs> I'm, I turned around on it. I watched it again <laughs> recently. And, I, and it was one of those things. I found it corny the last time I watched it. But this time I watched it. I'm like, I'm jacked in. It's good. It's just an incredible feat it's like i don't know robert patrick is great everything the action is so um it's frenetic and like entertaining in a way so many movies aren't nowadays i think the thing about james cameron that separates him from other filmmakers is like 
his um fight scenes and his um set pieces everything is just so clear yeah well choreographed and like lovingly thought out and we have lost that in a lot of um cinema nowadays and so it's such a fucking treat like when you watch like the whole biking away from the truck scene oh the la river chases yes it's phenomenal it's one of the like best things ever filmed it's incredible it's like something that should be like there should be um you know like uh they should like i guess there is a national i wish there was like a a film version of the golden record that you could mm-hmm. just send clips of movies. I would send that part. And I think aliens would be cool with us. They'd love us. They'd be like, this yeah. is great. Like, <laughs> man, this movie is super. But so we had our <laughs> we had our movie night last mm-hmm. weekend. You were here. Yes. You were over for it. And we watched two videos in a row from live entertainment, who also at that time owned the rights to Terminator 2. The Terminator 2 trailer played on both. Maniac Cop 2 and Silent Night, Deadly Night 5, The Toy Maker. And each time it came up, everyone in the room was like, wow. Like, it, like, it just it like still hollering. got everybody like, man, what a move. You know, was, and our friend of the show, Jesse Gant, texted me. He was watching Terminator 2 the next day. And he's like, what a movie. Like, it's still, it's all there. It's all there with it. We'll, we'll talk more about it in a bit here. It's perfection. Um, my number four, Aliens. Wow. Aliens rules. It goes hard. It's like him announcing himself on the larger scale. Mm-hmm. And the the stuff with Ripley, it's so iconic. And I think I, I know where I fall on the Alien versus Aliens. Spectrum, I am an Alien fan more so. I like Ridley Scott's Alien more than James Cameron's Aliens. But that's like fighting over gold versus silver. I mean, they're both awesome. <laughs> like, exactly. <laughs> but I think it's it's a great movie, Aliens. It really is terrific, and obviously I have it pretty high up here, too. I think it's, what, what, you know, what, there's what? so many just amazing moments in it. The performances, top to bottom, are so good. And starting with Scorning Weaver, naturally. Yes. Um, so. My number four? Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, I put Titanic here. Uh, Titanic is just, we've already said everything that needs to be said about Titanic. Yeah. It's perfect film-going experience. It's so uh, expansive and, and uh, you know, it's just it just evolves into the fucking Chris Farley show, right? It's just like me saying, uh, this is cool, yeah. this is cool, this is good. Uh, I'm nervous around Cameron. Uh, yeah, there we go. We've That's what this out. is. That's what this is. Yeah. Uh, my number three, The Terminator. Wow. Um, this could have been number one. Mm-hmm. Easily. If you want to go bare bones, nuts and bolts, pure entertainment, unstoppable energy like just true ingenuitive greatness mm-hmm. and entertainment you can go you can you, you cannot go wrong with the terminator you know we just watched um the new christmas movie christmas bloody christmas mm-hmm. and um the director of that has been very open he's like terminator is my favorite movie and i was like 
let's make a killer Santa movie where he's the Terminator. And when you watch it, you're like, yeah, there's doing Terminator beat for beat. It still <laughs> is, you know, it still has it and it's entertaining. <laughs> but yeah, the original Terminator and it's just like, I wish I did not know who Arnold Schwarzenegger was when I saw it. That would be like such a neat thing to see that movie and not know Man. who Arnold Schwarzenegger is. Like, and just be scared. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, I'd be terrified. It's mm-hmm. oh man. But I mean, every movie you watch, like when we watch Maniac Cop Two, even like Maniac Cop Two goes into that police station and starts beating down cops. You're like, yeah, because Terminator invented the scene. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's literally when he's on fire. It's like, yeah, that's what a Terminator would do if he was, yeah. you know. Yeah. It's just yeah. Everything becomes I, a variation of Terminator. You're right. Yeah. I mean, there. but along with Die Hard, it's the most influential movie. Oh, it's tight. Yeah. Like both those have been ripped off so often because they're just so good. But because the reason why both of them are so good, they're so tight. Terminator is like not even two hours long, and it just f- fucking cooks. It, like I said, it could be number one. Like it's only number three because one and two, for differing reasons, I think deserve one and two currently. Gotcha. So what do you got, three? Three. Um, down from two, I have Aliens. Mm-hmm. Aliens, I love. It's a great... It's like, yeah, it's like one of those movies where, like, um, uh, when I had my bar mitzvah, like, I used my bar mitzvah money to get the, uh, a- like, the money I got from, like, all the kids or whatever. Like, I, I used it to get the Alien, um, the Alien Quadrilogy. Like, I, like, mm. that, like, box set. And it's such a, uh, like the white little money, my I think most of that money went into like a college fund and all that crap. But like, um, yeah, like I wasn't waste allowed to money. It. Buy more Wait. DVDs. Yes, I should. I should have gotten the Seinfeld box set. You deprived me. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid college. Uh, was it ever done for me? Uh, but, yeah. uh, but uh, uh, those aliens movies. Like I just, they're so like, I have such an emotional attachment to them, and I think I am with you. I think last time I said I liked Aliens more after watching the Ridley Scott and then watching Aliens 3, like going through all these movies again, kind of. I think I like Alien 1 more again. I think that's like, yeah, like the there's like that like that's sublime uh, quasi-religious place that uh, perhaps Cameron will reach later, but at this time he wasn't really into that. He was into yeah. like the, the fun and toys and the scary and the explosion. And you know what? Blood, gut, blood guts, and steel. And that's more than enough because it's a banger. Yeah. It's such a good movie. And like, this is like you watch Aliens too, and it is like, it is like the prototype. So many of his movies feel like prototypes for things to come. Like, without Aliens, there's no Avatar. Like a hundred percent. Like so, well, he's, he he's learning from each project. Yeah, without which a doubt. Is, which is so cool. Like, I don't yeah. know. It's just really nice to see. And it's just yeah, it's one of the greats. Um, number three. That was my number three. Aliens. My number two. Mm-hmm. Avatar the way of the water way yeah, of water yeah. way of water is my number two I think it's a culmination of everything he's been going for I think it really is I think it's so there's recency bias there but fuck dude <laughs> it, it blew me away it yeah blew me away <laughs> I'm, I have it as my number two also I have yeah, okay. it it's like because it's like it's one of those things I'm with you where like it's I've never 
felt the way I have felt watching the movie before. Just just the sheer overload of senses and just like there's so much happening. It's it is just like you feel everything watching this movie. Yeah, it's it's crazy. It is just like one of the craziest is it like a perfect movie no like nothing's perfect but i think like there's so much what's beautiful about like james cameron is like i don't think like you know titanic is like like i don't think any of his movies are like a hundred percent perfect in the traditional sense but because he is so like dogged in his like you know desire to achieve whatever crazy vision he has in his mind he brings you along like no Mm -hmm. matter what it'll have you'll have the most cliche australian baddie ever and you are just hooting and fucking hollering when he gets what's coming to him Mm -hmm. and no other director can do that no other director can take like these basic things and turn them into something uh rapturous it's yeah. a lost art. He's the one. He's no the one, one else can do it. Yeah. He, sorry. Not even Spielberg, I don't think. And at least at this point. I don't know. No, no not at this point. I don't think so. Uh, my number one, obviously, by nature of, you know, mm-hmm. you know, we've heard about the rest of them, is Terminator 2 Judgment Day. Hell yeah. To this day. Um, Hell yeah. How could it not be? I think it was the last time. And, uh, yeah. I love it. <laughs> that's, that's like the, you were like it. yeah that, it's a perfect yeah and that's like uh i think like had i been like i think it's just like i didn't see it in the had i seen mm-hmm. turner two in theaters at the right time it'd be my number one too a hundred percent and i do feel that obviously like terminator one is a harder less sentimental movie but i kind of like the sentiment i'll take it I think it's like, honestly, I think that's like a more honest, like you're being, I think you have the list that James Cameron would appreciate more. That's like a real, <laughs> I think he likes the, I think he's a sentimental guy and he'd be like, you know, gone. Yeah. I don't know what his voice sounds like <laughs> in my mm-hmm. head. He sounds like a cool man, but uh, just he, he'd be like, I think he'd be with you. Uh, well, I think I, um, sentimentality is the difference between $1 billion and $2 billion. Yeah, that's, at the end of the day, like, he, he knows where the bread's buttered, man. He, figures he does, he, and he wants he, to win. He's competitive. Yeah, well, and, like, and he does it in a way that doesn't feel like a cash grab. That's the beautiful, it's not like, it's not like he, he's not, like, sucking the teat of, like, of no. properties. You get the he, feeling, it's like, no, this is his, this is his vision, this is his dream, this is his... This is his walk-up or novelist film. Just his version of it. Yeah, this is his weird brainchild. Yeah, because this isn't like, yeah, he's not slaving away in the content mines. He's not digging up, okay, you know, people haven't seen Rugrats in a while. Let's do a gritty Rugrats or like shit like that. He would, he doesn't deal with that shit. He doesn't like, yeah. He's not like, you know, that's, yeah. My God, the Rugrats are on crystal meth. Oh no! <laughs> oh no! Yeah, oh, no. Chucky. Chucky has trauma. Oh yeah. Well, yeah <laughs> That's why he's exactly. so afraid all the time. Nah, he got yelled at once by his dad. What's yeah. your number one? <laughs> <laughs> the Terminator. Yeah, Get out of it's yeah. the yeah. It's yeah, like yeah. it's it's like the perfect. It's like I think it might be the coolest movie ever made. Yeah. It might be just like there's nothing, and I think it's just it is like a thing that um, 
I really hope one day I love sentimental James Cameron. He'll see, see that's like why I love the Terminator so much is because it is going to be a one. It's a once in a lifetime thing. He'll mm-hmm. never be that gritty or dirty again. Which I, I actually, think, and I actually think to go back to what you're saying about perfection, I think it's his most perfect movie. Thank you. I. Yeah. It is literally even like the parts of it, like that. Um, aren't that perfect like the the some of the like you know face um prosthetics and things mm-hmm. like that people have like not ragged on but you know you, over time like stuff just doesn't you know hold up as much like it still is incredible like all the I think his storytelling is perfect in the yeah. movie though and then like there's just like just like scenes where like I'm always going to remember the hand mm-hmm. like him moving his hand and then that like little like you see all the little metal shit like moving in his hand in conjunction with the fingers it's just like there's just like there's just visions like there's just like uh visuals that will be in my mind forever that um will never be emulated again because we just don't work with prosthetics that way anymore. It's just, yeah. it's a, it's a, it's a unicorn of a film. And I think that's why it's like my number one. And uh, a thing too, where like on one hand, I would like to see Cameron get that gritty, but I'm like, so fine with him being done with that because I want him just to be bigger. I, I want him to make, yeah. the, I just want, I want his movies just to become increasingly um, opulent and wild. Yeah. Let's see what he dreams of next. And the bottom line here is he's done it again. Yeah. We haven't made that clear after two and a half hours. He's done it again. And go see it. And yeah. if you completely disagree with us, send us an email at the Academy Academy Podcast <laughs> at gmail.com or on Twitter. You can check in with us at the Academy. Um We'll be seeing it again. Who knows? Maybe it'll go up. Maybe it'll go down after the second screening. But it was a wonderful time. It was a Christmas miracle. So happy. It's here. I can't wait to see it again. I know you feel the same. Yes, the king is back, baby. It's the king. The king lives, and the king still rules. And he's riding the mighty Ekron. <laughs> I love my mighty Ekron. Next week, we um, attempt to continue to achieve immortality mm. by going into the world of gladiator scott scott returns yeah, another yes. massive classic all-time macho you know you name it it's all here with this one um and we'll be taking a look at it next week i'm excited i've not seen it for a long time gladiator as of this recording, is currently on Netflix, Paramount Plus. You can rent it if you feel like paying for it and you don't have one of those services. It's also been readily available on physical media and Blu-ray pretty much nonstop since its release. <laughs> it's a classic in most people's minds. Yeah, Maybe. it's like it's. We'll talk about it. We'll see. <laughs> uh, I will say, I watched it over the summer, but I was like the sickest I've ever been in my life. So it was it was cool. It was it was a trip. I can't wait to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And then the week after that, to open the new year, we are doing our Discoveries of 2022 episode, always one of the better episodes of the year, talking about some cool older movies that we all saw for the first time. We're going to have a special guest on it. It's going to be a great time. It's going to be like four hours long. Yeah. So get ready. <laughs> this is our Avatar The Way of Water. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so as we sit here. 
you know, it was a one-way ticket to Pandora. We're never coming back. Yep. No. <laughs> say hi. Say hi to our families. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, family. Sorry, mom. Sorry, dad. I'm I'm in Pandora now. I'm like Spider. Yep. Well, just like Spider. I was so worried about Spider climbing up in the in the mountains and stuff and the trees and stuff like that. It's like you don't have the skill set, man. Like no, you're one you're false not a move and you're, Yeah. You're toast. Anyway. It's great. Go see it. We will see you next week for Gladiator. For Patrick, I'm Don. We'll see you next week on the Academy Academy. Uh Feliz Navi Dodd. Navi. Dodd. <laughs> yeah, I gotcha. <laughs>